You're listening to the Screen Tearing Podcast with Vector the Nomad and Dual Revolvers. In this episode, the crew talks about video game genres before diving into the Snyder Cut. All four hours of it. I'd grab a snack if I were you. This might take a while. Now loading episode 3, The Amazing Snyder Man. Initializing. So guess what? I got good news. What's that? Well, I'm really excited about it. It's really not a big deal at all, even though I'm excited about it. Uh, I have successfully renamed all the video game genres forever. Well, okay, not all of them, but the important ones that people have been focusing on, namely Metroidvania, the Souls-like, and the Roguelike. Okay. And I I have new, catchy... Roll off the tongue names for all of them, and they sound really good. All right, you ready? Well, you do ready you want to explain what those are, what each of those are? That's that's a I didn't even think about that. You know, that's the thing is that I'm I'm learning by watching. I've been watching a lot of my friends stream recently, mm-hmm. and there was a discussion about video game genres at some point, and most people have no clue, and that's that's not like a dig at anybody or me yeah. trying to insult insult anybody else it's just like when it comes to video game literacy there's like there's so many levels to this shit yeah like i mean that's something i would i'd want to spend a a, at at least one episode on is video game literacy i completely agree and we will do that so this will be our our intro our lead in to that subject Mm -hmm. um because like there's a huge population of people i found out that don't think smash brothers is a fighting game and you know me. There's nobody on the planet that hates Nintendo more than I do. Really? Yeah, but the last thing I'm going to do is deny facts. I will I will never stoop so low as to create data. What to What? What do they think it is if not a fucking fighting game? Right. Yeah. I I'm I'm trying to figure it out. It's like a they call it like a tune fighter or a, a platform fighting game. Or a brawler? Game. No, not a brawler. Because a brawler can refer to games like Streets of Rage or um, Final Fight. Oh, and that's that's another cool thing is that some genres have just have multiple names because mm-hmm. of like how how languages work in other countries, and obviously people speak different languages in other countries, and 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 like the way they get translated, you wind up with with certain genres that have multiple names. Like um, okay, games like Bayonetta and Devil May Cry, right? Yeah. Most people in the West call those character action games, which I don't think is a good genre name at all. Weird. But, yeah, um, some people call them... uh, I can understand it, I guess. Another group of people think it's better to call those spectacle fighters, which I also (laughs) think... I don't think that works. I mean, I I understand what they're trying to get at. Right, right, right. (laughs) But it's funny. I, I don't like it. And then the correct term, like the the actual, like from a game design perspective, the correct term is actually beat em up because they because they're actually in the same exact genre as games like Final Fight and Streets of Rage. Yeah. Or um, what what's another good example? Uh, Castle Crashers. I would I would put that in there. Uh, you know. Yeah. But anyway, like a like a beat em up. The thing is, in three D space, it's way more difficult to. Um, I guess the phrase would be like telegraph movements. And so to compensate for not being able to, to see punches and kicks very well and to know your your distance 
away from your enemies. Mm. What most what most three D beat 'em up games do is they give you a sword or or a gun. Like Bayonetta, you get you get swords and and you get a snake that's a whip and guns attached to your feet. You know, Dante has his swords. Uh, Ninja Gaiden, you also use a sword. Just so you have like you can extend the range of of your attacks and make it easier to to see where your attack attacks are landing in 3D space, right? Yeah. But again, from a game design perspective, Bayonetta and Devil May Cry are are in fact beat 'em up games. So the more you know, put the the more you know sound effect right here. Anyway, let's let's just skip to the point. All right, so the Souls-like genre, people people apparently there's there's cer- certain people in the video game community, I'll say. They're not in the industry. These are YouTubers, I guess. And they think that it's it's stupid to call a genre by the name of a game. And personally, I don't think it matters at all. You know, like we used to have Doom clone and I I think that's a perfectly adequate dis- description for a certain type of game. If a game is literally a, a Doom clone yeah. or a Diablo clone, we see Diablo clones all the time. Yes, they're action RPGs, but you can still call it a Diablo clone if it's top down and it's, you know, revolves around uh, collecting loot. Yeah, you're naming it after the predominant game that I wouldn't want to say kickstarted, but, you know, <laughs> that heavily influenced that genre. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there's a certain. Because we have action RPGs, like um, Cyberpunk is actually an action RPG. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's not a Diablo clone. So there's no nothing wrong with, uh, like, Pillars of Eternity. It's a Diablo clone. No issues about it. But it's also an action RPG. There's no reason it can't be both. The point of genres, I think, is to just give people information, if they like something, to say, like, hey, this is sick. I want to play more of this. Where do I find it? What, you know, Diablo clones? I'm looking for Diablo clones. What do I need to Google? to find more games like this. And I think, you know, a clone or souls like, I think that's a or uh, or um Metroidvania, there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. They people think that it, it sounds stupid. It sounds uh childish or it doesn't sound uh pretentious enough. So people have been trying to come up with new names. So Yahtzee of zero punctuation fame, you know, he's embarked on him huge quest to try and rename these genres and so the the name he came up with for the metroidvania and i shouldn't need to explain what those are like what they are is literally in the name metroidvania yeah (laughs) ha so a metroidvania would um would be a a game that is like metroid right like Metroid or or Castlevania Symphony of the Night, not the not the oh, previous Castlevanias, yeah. but specifically Symphony of the after Night. after Symphony of the of the Night, they all adopted that format mm-hmm. of of like you know trying to go through a, a huge area and through you know ex- exploring and unlocking new areas with um with new abilities that you find by exploring. Yeah. So, so Yahtzee's contribution to um to this was to call them sprawlers which i didn't really understand but it's a good as it's honestly it's as good a term as any and he's in australia or i don't know if he moved back to the uk so it's perfectly fine if if, you know brits or aussies want to call metroidvania sprawlers i'm not going to call it that because i'm you know i'm just not that's i don't (laughs) i don't think it works he calls them sprawlers though 
Um, as in, like, you're in a sprawling environment, and you, you crawl through it, I guess. You know, you're it's like a dungeon crawler, but you, it's in a sprawling environment. I, again, I don't think it, it works. So, I, I came up with something way better. I have coined the term map former <laughs> map former <laughs> so it's a platformer where the map gets formed through exploration interesting map former couple people have taken a liking to it one one guy expressed some uh, some uh, disapproval because it sounds too much like too much like transformer and so whenever he heard it, he's like, you know, the theme song popped into his head, map formers, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> first off, that's badass. All right. <laughs> Second, if the word platformer doesn't make you think of that theme, then get off, get off my back. Okay. Map formers is a great term for that. And it's a great pun. It rhymes with platformer. So that's my word, right? Okay. Map former. Map former. Map former. I've been trying to like, I've been trying to like, uh, you know, get it stuck in people's heads you remember that song back in the 90s in forma map forma you know yeah because because who knows what the hell that guy's saying and i actually went and tried to listen to that song like what the hell is this guy talking about but anyway pass it around map former next up we have the souls like Mm-hmm. And people don't like Souls like for some reason, but here's the thing about Souls like you got to be really careful with Souls like because it's yeah. tricky. A lot of people think, and like rock a lot rhyme. of games that it's true. What did you say? It's tricky to rock a rhyme that's right on time. What? Yeah, it's tricky. You're right. No, you, you're you're correct. You were in the right there. Um, it is tricky to rock a rhyme that's right on time. It's Souls like. Um, <laughs> So, but a lot of <laughs> so what a souls like is. I mean, this I don't know. I mean, like some people might think um, Metroidvanias are obvious uh, and souls like are obvious, but we should still explain them. Souls like are games that are similar to Demon Souls. Demon Souls was the first. Yeah, in fact, it was Demon Souls, and then Dark Souls became the most the more popular of the of the series. Yeah. The most popular because it had the biggest marketing budget. Sony they they didn't think that Demon Souls was going to take off, and so mm-hmm. they they let From Software go, and so Activision was like, "We'll take that." Yeah, it's just a hard game for hard's sake. Not not quite, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's. I feel like that's like that's like the um the layman's version of calling a game a souls like. Damn, damn, this game's hella hard. It's a souls like. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> good point. That's a good point because a lot of people now are actually calling certain games souls likes that aren't. Yeah. Um, and uh, and some some people also call them Soulsborns because Bloodborne was was really influential, but I don't think yeah. it makes sense because Bloodborne is in fact a Souls like. So yeah, that's there there were there were a couple Souls games before Bloodborne, yeah. so there's really no need for for mm. to throw Bloodborne in there, even though I love Bloodborne. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Albeit Bloodborne is a good, a really good Souls like. It's just absolutely it is a Souls like. <laughs> But yeah, you're absolutely right. Like the 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 hard for the sake of being hard thing yeah. has now got people calling certain games like like Sekiro. People will call Sekiro a Souls like all over the yeah, internet. They do. Sek- Sek- 
Sekiro is not a Souls-like by any means. By no stretch of the imagination is Sekiro a Souls-like. But I can see and why people would do that, obviously. Yes, and I will explain why. So, uh, you know, buckle up, buckaroos, because this is going to be a bumpy ride. People are trying to, to simplify the mechanics of the Souls-like, you know, to, to uh, its baser elements to try and identify these games. And so people now... They consider a Souls-like to be any game where it's it's very difficult, and when you die, you go back to a checkpoint that, that you find, and all the enemies respawn, and that's it. Which, okay. okay, yes, but that's not originally what was common about all the games in this subgenre. What originally... In order to be considered a Souls-like, what happened was it had to be difficult as fuck. Yes, that's true. But it also had to be an action RPG where you can increase your stats mm. at certain checkpoints. Increase stats, and then it once you died, you would lose all the experience points you had accumulated. And, you, you know, you, like you spend experience points like money, so you have like a purse of experience points. And if you die, you drop your experience points at the spot where you died, and you have to go from the checkpoint to the place you died to get your experience back. Mm. All Souls-like games had that in common. That was that was Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Neo, uh, Lords of the Fallen, The Surge, and 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 several uh, side-scroller Souls-like games out there. In fact, there there yeah. were Metroidvania. There were Souls-like Metroidvanias. There's a ton of them on Steam. Yeah, once you die. Yes, you go back to a checkpoint, all the enemies respawn, and that's what makes it dangerous, because now you have to go th back through those enemies to try and get your experience points. But Sekiro, you do not have, you, do, you don't collect experience points, and you don't have to go back to the place you died to get, to get your XP back. If you want to call it a Souls-like, all right, fine. But originally, what was required was that it was an action RPG where you, you had experience points that you could lose if you died, and you, get, and you were able to get yeah. it back. So you have this, and I think that's weird. I think it's weird that there's this one game out of all the games that are being called Souls-like, there's this one that doesn't have the feature of you trying to, of the, the mechanic of trying to recollect dropped XP, right? Yeah. I think that's, it's weird to include this game in that. But, all right, genres change all the time. The reason why we have the term first-person shooter is because Doom clone wasn't enough to explain a lot of, of games, like Half-Life, it was around, I think it was yeah. around Half-Life, actually. When Half-Life came out, it was like Doom Clone wasn't sufficient to, to describe Half-Life. And I think that's bullshit. Yeah. Half-Life is absolutely a Doom Clone. Are you out of your fucking mind? Because if you think about it, right, it's ridiculous. First-person shooter, that's like, you do that for maybe a tenth of the time you play Doom. Yeah, there's a lot of first-person yeah. shooting, but you're also exploring a map, collecting keys, you know, collecting power-ups, and it, there's a lot more exploration and puzzle solving than people might think. I think first-person shooter kind of... Mm -hmm. um, yes, of course, there are games that are only first-person shooters, but most games are so much more than that. But whatever, whatever, I gotta, I gotta yeah. forget it. But anyway... A lot of everybody was complaining, like, "Oh, we need to change the name Souls." Like, oh, we need a, a real genre name, and every, you know, everyone's just complaining, "Wine, wine, wine." So I was like, "Okay, well, hold on, let's think about it here. What if we don't need a Souls-like genre? What if there's no such thing?" Okay, because if you think about it, all the things that the Souls-like games added to the the action RPG space—they're just these minute mechanics, right? If you take if you strip these things away, 
then what is the game? Well, it's just an action RPG. So why not just call them all yeah. action RPGs? And people are like, no, it's not good. No, I disagree. No, that's stupid. Well, you can you can just say that Souls-like is a subgenre of action and RPGs. I, I'm perfectly they, fine they with that. all have these mechanics similar. I like yeah. that. And how about calling Sekiro, Sekiro a, a Souls similar? <laughs> oh, man. You... you <laughs> You deserve to be stabbed for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's so bad. Because <laughs> it's not a Souls-like. It's a Souls-similar. It's similar to Souls-like. Well, I got a name. But not quite. Actually, okay, my first, my, the first uh, name that I came up with, and, you know, like, just for me personally, I, I really didn't want this to catch on at all. Guess what I yeah. was calling them? What? Hard PGs. <laughs> Hard PGs. <laughs> But as soon as I said it out loud, it was like, oh, it sounds like a like a movie rating. Like like this movie right here, this is yeah. a hard PG. <laughs> the Incredibles The Incredibles is hard PG. <laughs> it, it really is hard yeah, PG. Right? They, I think they say I think they say damn a couple of they times. They push the envelope with that with that movie. <laughs> yeah. And it's good because it's fun for the whole family. That's why it's parental guidance, right? PG. But mm. um but I you know, I still thought it was a it's an RPG, that's hard, so hard PG. I thought it was wor- I thought it worked, but um, but no, but we can do better. So I came up with a new term, which is because when I thought about it, it's like okay, well, it's a game that's centered around navigating navigating an environment, activating checkpoints, so that you can you have you maintain a little bit of progress, and then you go back to these checkpoints. So the whole thing about the Souls like games is that it's all about checkpoints. Like everything revolves around the checkpoint, so I'm like, well, it's we already have the term checkpoint, and people people who play video games know what a checkpoint is, so why not just call them checkpoint RPGs or checkpoint games? That's not bad, checkpoint RPG. And Sekiro, you you know, if you want to include that in there, it's just a checkpoint action game. If you have a, a Souls like Metroidvania, no problem. Checkpoint map former, boom, mic drop. <laughs> all right i'm getting on board oh and then there was one last one there's one last one and that is the roguelike which has become way yes way popular recently because it's like it's easy to to provide get for indie studios you can you can scrap together a roguelike and you know with procedural levels and if you're a small team you don't have to mm-hmm. worry about level design or or um or playtime, you just make it hard as shit and have people die and start over at the beginning. Hades won game of the year. Like from several publications. I don't know why, but whatever. What is a roguelike? A roguelike is uh, a game that is inspired by the game Rogue, which came out like in eighty two or something, long ass time ago. And it's a game it's an RPG essentially. It's just like a like an RPG where you you run around a, a randomly generated map, and if you die, you lose all your progress and you start over at the very beginning. Oh, like uh, what is that? Dead Cells. Oh, wait, but no, Dead Cells is a is a checkpoint game. So it's a roguelike checkpoint. Mm. It's a roguelike checkpoint map former. Fuck. It really is. It's a mix of all of them, except it's not very hard. Yeah, it does revolve around checkpoints, and when you die, you do start over from the beginning of the map, and the map is procedurally generated. Do you start over, but do you keep any progress? Because that's the thing, okay, so so some some games, they have, like, Enter the Gungeon has, is, it's called, some, some games are called Rogue Light, with a, with a T, not, not a K. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And some that. games have roguelike elements, right? So, you know, like mm-hmm. Hades has roguelike elements because you don't start over like from zero. You maintain a lot of uh, the powers or pretty much all your powers on, um, but you still start over from the very, very beginning of the game and you have to go through the whole thing. Yeah, Dead Cells is like that too. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. But it's map based? It is, yeah, it is it is a map former for sure, but it's but procedurally you generated. Do you start over from the very beginning? Of the map, yeah. And are there multiple maps or yes. just one map? No, multiple maps. Okay, so then I would call that a checkpoint game. And then... Yeah. And in, in Dead Cells, is there XP that you could spend at checkpoints? You know, I haven't played an extensive amount of it. And yeah, I haven't neither played have it I. In, a little, in a little while. Well, I gotta do a video um, but on it this, is, so. But it is... Um, I believe so, yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah, I gotta talk I about so. this at some point, so, um, I will, uh, I'll have to fire that up and, and, yeah. uh, put it, put I it mean, through its paces. It is quite fun. For, I mean, for s- coming from someone that doesn't really like platformers in general, I enjoy the game. Okay. <laughs> Alright, yeah. Well, map, map formers, we got, we got that term now. But anyway. Yeah. People don't like roguelike because it's named after a game, even though we've been using the term roguelike literally for over 30 years. But yeah. now people are all, they're getting all, uh, fr- not um, not frustrated, they're getting all, oh uh, they're getting up in arms. They're like, eh, yeah. we, shouldn't, we shouldn't call genres by the name of a game. Moo. These, these SJWs and, and <laughs> PC people are, are bleeding into the video game industry. <laughs> oh my God. Well, they have been for a while, but I mean, some well, some yeah. social justice is is warranted, right? But wanting yeah, to course. rename rename Souls like it's com- you know it's a waste of effort. But hey, I did it. So <laughs> the last one on the list was the roguelike, right? Really simple, because if you think about it, rogue is it's just an RPG, right? But what's the feature that that carries over to um to any anything with roguelike elements? All right, the procedural generation, uh, mm-hmm. that's fine. But you don't have to describe every single gameplay mechanic in the name of the genre, right? Yeah. But the the thing the thing that most people take away from the roguelike genre is the starting over, starting over, permadeath, permadeath. Just append the word permadeath to whatever type of game you're making, and boom, that's it. You're done. So, so it's a permadeath yeah. RPG permadeath first person shooter permadeath racing game it can happen <laughs> god can you imagine a racing game that if you crashed you had to start the race all over i mean like that's typically what you do anyway <laughs> right it's like right. fuck there's no way i'm gonna beat this i have to start over no imagine a racing <laughs> game where like okay need for speed underground or something right and you yeah. level up your car and you get all these upgrades and you wreck wreck the car and all your upgrades you have to start over from the beginning that would fuck be that <laughs> right, that that would be a roguelike racing game, but but um, I I'm playing around with this idea in my head to do a checkpoint Tetris clone, so it'd be a checkpoint puzzler. Interesting. Yeah, so you get to a checkpoint or something, and I'm thinking it would be like at a certain point value or something, and if if you if you game over, you go back to that checkpoint. Okay, uh, it's just an idea, but anyway. But you lose all your upgrades. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't even think about upgrades. Damn. Yeah. All right. So maybe there's like abilities that you could get, but you keep maybe you keep your abilities and 
and you go back to a checkpoint. Hmm, yeah, it's a good idea. I'm going to have to steal that. But enough about that. That's um, That was draining. Let's talk about something fun. Let's talk about the Snyder Cut. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yes. You Did you see all of it? I saw all of it. All four hours of it. Four fucking hours. I had to take a couple intermissions, but... <laughs> Yeah, it might have worked better if they had broke it up into like a mini series. I mean, there are, it's already pre-cut like that. Yeah, there are <laughs> chapters, right? There's chapters, but it's not like it, they're not in digestible chunks because you yeah. still watch the whole thing all the way through. But um, but man, what an experience! It's it's kind of you know I wish all superhero movies were like that because it's like I just I wanted more and more and more. Yeah, it kind of felt like binge-watching an epi- uh, uh, a series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I didn't hate that at all. Because, um, have you seen the original uh, Justice League? Hell fucking no. Why not? I don't know. Well, I was kind of... This is like the only DC movie I've seen in a while besides Shazam. I enjoy Sh- Shazam. It's funny. Okay. Because... I was off-put by the first Suicide Squad. Yeah. And I just stopped watching all the movies after that. I haven't seen a single DC movie after Suicide Squad except Shazam and Zack Snyder's Justice League. Wow. I'm disappointed, but but I get it. (laughs) Um, Because a lot of people, they hated the original Justice League. And and it was a shitty yeah. cash grab, you know. But with this, the Snyder Cut, because people, the reason why this came out for for people that don't know, is that people have been on Twitter and and all over YouTube and everywhere saying release the Snyder Cut because it was revealed that you know Zack Snyder Zack Snyder had a different vision, his script was was different from the movie they actually made. Um. And so, you know, you kind of you kind of have to watch the original Justice League to know how big a deal the Snyder Cut is. But for some people, maybe it's better that they that they don't see the original cuz this is so much better. It's vastly superior just in terms of writing. Yeah. You know, and they had the the time to to get you acquainted with all the characters and and the, you know, it's um Copious use of slow motion. Uh, I think, you know, some people, they criticize uh, Zack Snyder for putting slow motion in places that where it just doesn't belong. And that's kind of mm-hmm. the reason why it's four hours, because <laughs> he put things <laughs> in slow, slow motion that didn't need to be in slow motion. Yeah. Like, we didn't need to see, you know, the hot dog flipping around in slow motion. I don't know. I didn't hate that scene, but I did think it was really creepy. Yeah. I always th- find it kind of funny is that when they, the, uh, that Hollywood's version of showing high speed is slow motion. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, it's kind of counterintuitive. And I think, um, I think the best version of showing super speed is, uh, Quicksilver in that one X Men movie he was in with the, the kitchen scene. Both X Men movies that he was, was he in. Was he in both? Okay. He yeah, was he, in um Apocalypse must, too. That's true, that's true. Um but but the way they showed Quick's uh super speed in those movies is they didn't slow him down. 
Right. He was moving normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how you yeah. show super speed. Show that's everyone how you, else. That's how you should do it. Yeah. Slow down. And he's moving normally. He's not moving slow because he's super speeding. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I think that's definitely the way that, that I would do it. And, and it, it looks cooler, but maybe it's more expensive. I don't know. I don't um, know. I feel yeah, like it's more I, expensive to use slow motion now. Hmm. Could I, you know, see with all the CG that, that you'd need? Cause yeah, I mean, essentially, I don't know. I, I I'll ask around. I, I'm not sure, but no, you're right. It's it's weird. Like the Flash is always like, he's why is he in slow motion? Oh, uh, you know. But here's <laughs> here's here's one thing that I will say about how um the Justice League movies, the original and um this the Snyder cut, how they handle the Flash is that more than any other iteration of the Flash that I've seen. Like I I used to be a huge fan of the CW show. Um, and I stopped watching it just because it was like, this is going on for way too long and I can't, I can't keep up with all the seasons. Um, but more than any other depiction of the flash that I've seen, they acknowledge the physics of moving at close to the speed of light, a uh, speed of light. Cause like, yeah, you know, he kind of like, he blasts out of his shoes. He, he goes so fast that, you know, he obliterates his shoes mm-hmm. when, when he moves and then he like, because he's going so fast when he tries to stop, slow himself down in the street, he like demolishes the asphalt. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, that's cool. And then like everything that he does while he's in this, while he's in the speed force, every move he makes, he has to be ultra careful because he's moving so fast that, you know, if he collides with anything, it'll explode essentially. Yeah. Like when he, when he goes through the, the door, that pet shop, you know, he just like, he taps it. And that causes the whole thing to shatter. Yeah. And so I love that how it like warps first and then right. shatters. That's, yeah. That's probably how it would act too. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I feel like they consulted an actual physicist on this and you know, it felt mm-hmm. it felt so believable. I was like, hey, you know, maybe a dude could run at the speed of light. I was, I was like, you know, <laughs> I bought into that whole wholesale. And um, so, you know, I, I think that's why they put him it in slow motion because he is he's moving so fast but he he still has to force himself to move more slowly so that he doesn't because if, if he had moved if he had moved at regular speed while he was in the speed force yeah he would have shattered all of iris's bones and apparently that was supposed to be iris west who he, he marries I mean, in the future i mean it's not iris west yet or wait no iris west iris west allen that's right okay never mind um yeah <laughs> i mean that was obvious that that was supposed to be iris <laughs> right yeah I, I, they didn't say it like, Hey, I'm Iris or anything like that, but they stare at each other enough to cause an accident. So obviously Iris like the flash can't stare at any other black girl on the street. Like she stared you know. back though. She Okay. All right. That makes her Iris. Right. She stared <laughs> with her irises. In fact. So that's, yes. that's how you knew. I don't know. I think, did they invent the, the storyline in the CW show where they grew up together? I don't know. Yeah. I didn't, I never read any flash. They must've. Yeah, I don't think that was in the original. No. I mean, in the original comics or, or yeah. something like that. But As much as I love the Flash show. Yeah. Urza? Is that how you pronounce his name? Urza Miller? Ezra Miller? Ezra Miller yeah. played a better Flash. You think so? As far as comedic whip. I mean, yeah, he's kind of there the, to be the... Yeah. the, the, what do the you, what's that f- phrase? The term? Uh, comic relief? 
Comic relief. Comic relief, yeah. Comic relief. That's what he's, he, his purpose there. The Barry Allen in the show is so doom and gloomy all the time, he might as well be fucking Batman. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not his fault. He's Canadian. Give, give him a break. Fair enough. Everything is his <laughs> fault because he's Canadian. Yeah, no, um, it's just he he doesn't have the sense of humor Flash should, you know? Hmm. I mean, sure, he play, he does say some quips every now and again in the middle of battle and stuff. Right. But not like Ezra Miller. <laughs> See, I mean, some things I like about the Flash in uh the justice league movie some things i don't yeah. like he's to me he's ultra annoying yeah and he's like a he's he's whiny like he i he think has... that's how he's supposed to be wasn't no he, that's how he was in the no no right. i mean look he built this spacesuit costume yeah to try and save people and fight crime he has a, a secret layer with like he's got a quintuple dodecahedron monitor setup right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he's got a 12-sided monitor he's got a 20-sided monitor setup he's been doing this for a while you don't just uh, accrue that overnight like he's been you know fighting crime for a long time you'd have to imagine he might have run into other metahumans like um you know well captain cold isn't a uh, a metahuman but no. you know captain cold but he that's his like Captain Cold is, uh, I think, the Flash's arch nemesis because I believe so. he can he can slow him down with the, the cold gun, and and uh, when molecules don't move, they can't go fast. Got to go fast. Captain Cold is the opposite of the Flash. Oh, but then you have there's also the Reverse Flash, and Zoom. It that show see CW show is so complicated, man. It's worse than a Kingdom Hearts game. That show. Um. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Uh. Reverse Flash. Zoom. Godspeed. Fuck. I know. There's like. I know there's a couple other other opposite speedsters that I can't that I can't even fucking think of. It's like a whole separate like lan- lantern universe. You know what I mean? Yeah, and there's a reason for that <laughs> is because of all the alternate timelines that get created. Yeah. Because of the Flash doing what he does, flashing and, and shit. Um, he just flashes everybody. He just keeps flashing people. <laughs> yeah, Ezra Flash. Miller's Flash. Ezra Miller's Flash. He, I get the impression he's just such a creeper. Like I feel like he he would. Yeah. He is the type that would flash somebody. Well, but he did choke somebody. That, that was that was like hard to watch. <laughs> I was like, damn, he was out for blood. He was really trying to hurt that person. But um, no, I haven't I, even I thought, seen it. Is there a video of, of Ezra Miller choke? Uh, is there a video of it? Yeah, if you just Google Ezra Miller choke, you yeah. know, it'll pop up. It's on TMZ. <laughs> damn. I, I knew he did it. I didn't know it was filmed. I think in the... um. In the animated universe, the yeah. uh, the DC original animated universe, there, there's like a specific name for it, but TMZ is like is canon in that universe. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, Kevin Smith is also canon in that universe, which is hilarious. Obviously. Yeah, but anyway, so Ezra Miller's Flash. I thought it's weird that he's he makes such rookie mistakes. He gets nearly mortally wounded twice. Like he's supposed to be the fastest man alive, and yeah. one thing, one thing about the Flash is that, like, yeah, he probably, he most likely would be annoying because he has to deal with processing information 
a million times faster than anybody else. So like having to yeah. slowly imagine forcing yourself to talk like this. <laughs> yeah. Cause with, with other speedsters, um, in the, in the comics and the animated movies, they, they speak like, they talk to each other like that and they can understand what, what they're, what each other is saying. That's crazy. Yeah, they talk in fast forward, but to normal people, they have to they have to slow themselves down a million percent so that they're they can be understood. So you know when uh, Barry Allen's in that pet store or the dog walking service, and he's like, "Hey, yeah, you know, uh, sorry I'm late." Blah 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 blah. blah. He's like, he's he has to kind of put a mental handicap on himself. How to, to- fucking typical is it to? Introduce the speedster by being late to something. <laughs> he's always late, so that's that's the thing is is that because yeah. he's burning so many calories, he needs a lot of rest. And um, I remember in the uh, in the in the Superman uh, cartoon back in the nineties, they were supposed to have like a uh, a race a race around the world a hundred times for charity to see who who the fastest man alive was, mm-hmm. and. Um, and uh, Flash shows shows up, and he's like, "Hey, sorry, I'm late. I just woke up ten seconds ago." And, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, um, but also the Flash, he can he can run it faster than the speed of light. So I, Superman, he's not quite there yet. Um, yeah. But um, but still, yes. Yeah, I mean, the Flash, he has to he has to slow himself down. He taps into the speed force, so it's not like it's constantly active. But he, you know. It's still a part of him, you know? Yeah. So he has to... He would be... Somebody like that would be annoying. Just just high energy levels constantly, you know, never shuts up because they're trying their best to be normal. But I don't think that they, they quite got that point across. Because here's another problem with the Flash and, and depicting him like that as like this inexperienced kid. Batman is traumatized because he got one of the Robin killed the Joker, you know, killed, um, it was a Jason Todd Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and he's traumatized by that. And so like bringing another kid into this war, I, I don't think that Batfleck would be so eager to, to do that. I think he might hesitate more, but I, I get that. It felt like the flash was there to, um, you know, to be a, a more experienced, in a, a more inexperienced character that, you know, Batman's trying to like, I don't know, to help him process his, his grief. I, I don't know, but you know, it didn't know. make sense for him to be so, it didn't make sense for Batman to be that old and for the Flash to be that inexperienced. In, in this timeline, when did Jason Todd die? Was it during one of the other movies? It was no, no. So it didn't happen on screen. That that's just oh, a part okay. a part of Batman's character. It's like a nod to the comics. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like it. you know that's that's one of the um the the things that holds Batman back. Um, and uh, so in in the movies, you know, uh, the Ben Affleck Batman, Batfleck, I guess you can call him. Uh, he's been Batman for uh, over twenty years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so he's, he has all the, the history and baggage that comes with that. So, you know, 
Yeah. He's um so he's like he's pushing 50 or or so or or he's he's around there and um let's see. He might have a kid out there cuz they establish um they brought Deathstroke into it. Oh man, and the the fi- that final scene with the in the apocalypse world. Oh my god. Spoilers by the way. Yeah. Have we been talking about spoilers this whole time? Yeah, I mean, pretty we're pretty spoilery so far. We talked about the Flash way too much. Yeah. Um are there going to do you think they'll include other other Robins? There's there's a few to go through. Uh I think I think Batman might be done with with the Robins. Um oh, but maybe not because um uh the the original Robin Rick Grayson and I'm I'm going to call him Rick Grayson because he's been he's been dick for the past 60 years. Yeah. Uh, more than that. I think it's been like 70 years and it's like you just nobody names their kid Dick. It doesn't happen. Not yeah. not happening. And then Alfred will be like Master Dick and it's like if that if that ain't a <laughs> euphemism. <laughs> it's you know so no, it doesn't make sense to call him Dick Grayson. Rick Grayson. I, that's that's my recommendation. Yeah. Uh, the or original Chris Richard. No, no, nope. <laughs> Not cool enough. Rick Grayson. Because um, he's he's he becomes a Nightwing, and so yes. he um, is. Uh, they kind of introduced Cyborg into the Justice League too early, but they had to to get that diversity quotient. You know, to mm-hmm. to fill out the affirmative action requirements, which. It's like DC has a habit of doing that. You know, have you seen the Supergirl yeah. CW series? Yeah. They made Jimmy Olsen black and he's also a love interest for Supergirl. And then, you know, they got a lot of criticism for for just perpetuating tokenism. It's like that's what happens when you when you force a token character into like Wonder Woman. I I I, I hate the fact that Wonder Woman is the only female in the Justice League, but she's a she's a token female and then and then you have Cyborg, the token black dude. Iris. Well, Iris has her dead, but, you know, that they, can't, the Canadians, they're like, hey, you know, we can't yeah. have the show be all, all white people. So they went and they're like, hey, let's make Iris and, and her dad black. And, oh, let's let's also have Barry be adopted by this cop dude. And it's like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's, it's tricky to rock a rhyme that's right on time, but... In yeah. in the comics, in the comics, Cyborg he starts out he gets turned into Cyborg as a freshman in high school, mm-hmm. and he he actually joins the the Teen Titans. Um, he like has to earn the right to join the Justice League, and you know he proved himself through the Teen Titans. Yes, Rick Grayson, the original Robin, was the leader of the of the Teen Titans, and then he leaves the Teen Titans to become Nightwing. Yes, and so Nightwing is he's not an official member. Of the Justice League, but he he does like they they team up often, right? So Nightwing could show up, you know. They it'd be oh they can't get uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt because he became Robin in the um in the the Nolan verse. Didn't they nod towards him becoming Nightwing though? Yeah, yeah, they they did. Well, because he um his nickname was was Robin. Yeah, but. I don't know. I think Christopher Nolan is just a big Joseph Gordon-Levitt fan, probably, and wanted wanted him in the movie. But yeah, so I think in the the uh, the Batman in the Snyderverse is actually a lot closer to, to the comics. So the fact that Deathstroke is there, you know, because 
Deathstroke has a um he has he has a grudge against Batman because Deathstroke wants to be um in the Deathstroke is inspir- the inspiration for a Deadpool for people who don't know. Um yeah, that's why Death- his, that's why that's why uh fucking Deadpool's name is Wade Wilson. Sounds exactly. a lot like Slade Wilson. It sure does. <laughs> yeah, Rob Rob Liefeld is uh he uh I, I won't get into that, but um, yeah, Deathstroke wants to be the um, the successor to Ra's al Ghul, the leader of the um, the Dark Hand or something, the yeah. the ninja the ninja clan that um, that Batman got trained by. What's the name of their the League of Assassins? League of Assassins. I know it was something assassin. No, wait, League of Shadows. I think. I think it's the, yeah, it's the League of Shadows. And the who's the the League of Assassins? I think that's the same. The, no, it's a different thing. Anyway, League know. of Shadows. Deathstroke wants to be the the successor to uh, the League of Shadows. No, I think it is the League of Assassins. Actually, I'm gonna have to look it up. Yeah, it's League of Assassins. It's League of Assassins. Mm-hmm. Then who's the League of Shadows? Mm-hmm. Uh, Not that. See. Hold on. No, that's Batman too. Oh, League of. It's it's both. Okay, so good. I got both names right. Mm. Um. Just, oh wait, no. Synonymous with each other. Oh wait, okay. Hold on. The League of Shadows, I think, is actually the Nolan verse, and the League of Assassins, ah, is the original name. And they're like the League of Assassins. That sounds stupid, and it does. Let's call Honestly, it. Honestly, I feel I like a League of Assassins rolls off the tongue better. You think so? Yeah. Uh, huh. Oh, okay, so it was originally the League of Assassins, and then it got renamed the League of Shadows. Yeah. Damn. That's cool, though. But anyway, Ra's al Ghul is like Batman is he is who I want to take over for me because he's the best fighter I've ever seen. And he is the world's greatest martial artist. And so but Batman's like, I'm not going to kill anybody. And and one thing that people criticized uh, the Batman versus Superman for was that Batman murdered everyone he came across. And one of Batman's hangups is that he doesn't kill anybody. Mm-hmm. And he, he will sacrifice all of Gotham City before he kills a murderer <laughs> who is going to blow up the city. And um, after 20 years of, of doing that, you know, Batman's like, fuck it, I'm just going to kill everybody. And he did. But, but in the Snyder, Snyder Cut, Batman doesn't kill a single person. It's, it's like, whoa. Did you see Arrow? Yeah. In the beginning, right? Green Arrow. He's he's just murdering everybody, right? And then he's like, "No more mm. killing. You have failed this city." <laughs> and then he's then he's he's like, "Well, you failed the city, but maybe you deserve a trial." <laughs> yeah. Um. So I guess Batman learned that lesson. But I mean, come on, dude. It's you've been you. You mean to tell me you've been killing people for twenty years? So did he kill the penguin? Did he kill uh, you know, Mister Freeze or uh? Two-Face. I don't know. We're, we're all these guys, but, uh, you know. Anyway. Um, wh- what else did you like about the Snyder, Snyder Cut? Well, the, I like the music. I wanted to, um, before we get into that, I wanted to mention, you mentioned Cyborg, and I wanted to say that I did not like, cosmetically, did not like the way Cyborg looked. Yeah, it was really weird. Overdesigned. Like Cyborg, he he basically they basically turned him into RoboCop, 
but <laughs> he he needed the the point of being a cyborg is that you're half human, not ninety percent human or ninety percent robot. You know, right? Well, and in the comics, he still has like at least part of his most of his chest, right? Um, actually, no, uh, I I disagree or, with that. Because the well, okay. So here's the cool thing about cyborgs: the definition is kind of constantly evolving. Yeah. Um, so in Terminator, t- uh, I think Terminator one or t- or two, one of those. But this Terminator two was, I think, was ninety two, long ass time ago. Um, mm, in in Terminator two, what their definition or um, James Cameron's definition of a cyborg is. Is a is a robot that is covered with organic flesh, no human parts. That's an android. Exactly right. That's, that's what we. Ro- that's not a cyborg. But back then, the the terminology was uh, nebulous. You might say. Mm. They didn't. They didn't have like a lot of uh, ideas to, or a lot of fiction to, to go on. But I mean, they yeah. had androids. You know, do androids dream of electric sheep? But. Um, yeah, an android we now know, uh, and I think this definition comes from Star Trek. It's a any synthetic creature made to resemble or look like a human, but is not human at all. Yeah, a cyborg is someone who starts off human and has their human parts replaced by robotic or cybernetic cybernetic parts, and and is enhanced by that, but sometimes okay. not not always enhanced, but just like. You know, replaced uh, robotic replacements, right? But yeah. Ghost of the Sh- Ghost in the Shell from uh, I think that was I want to say that was 1988. They established that um, the major, the main character of that, the only human human part that they have left is their brain, and then and then there's some pieces of fiction where some people they only have like a chunk of their brain left, and everything else is a cybernetic replacement. Yeah, from what I can see. Depending on the where, uh, depending on like the artist and the the comic, um, yeah. cyborg is either his face is almost always the exact same. It's that one quarter of his face is always a cyborg, and the rest of it's human. But right. depending on who on the the comic and the artist, uh, he either is yeah. completely robotic from there down, or he still has his, some of his biceps. Right, yeah, exactly. And that's about um, the only real difference between the art styles is he's either fully robotic or he has biceps. <laughs> well, that actually plays into the whole, like, the reason why you, you tell a story, if you have a story about cyborgs, then the question that you're asking, you know, it's a science fiction question, like, if you if you replace everything in your body, even your brain, you know, uh, with, with uh, robotic parts... And the only thing you have left is your memories of being human. Are you still human at all? I'd say no. See, a lot of people disagree, and that's that's why it's a. But it's a um, it's a debate. These stories are meant to spark debate. Like, are you still human if there's no human left? And no, I feel like well, you're you're an android at that point. All right. By definition. 
let's get back into controversy, right? So or if you're, uh, you're a robot with a downloaded consciousness, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's that's a valid response, right? If that's how you feel, like okay, the the whole point is to spark this this conversation and get people talking, right? Because yeah. it's about because the whole this whole field of science fiction it's called transhumanism, mm-hmm. and what what's a topic that everybody's talking about right now? And it's uh, you know transgendered people, so. If you're if you're, are you born, saying trans people are cyborgs? No, but I'm saying that this is <laughs> this these are the discussions that people are having. Yeah, um, you know, like um, there's a really important episode in uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation where Picard has to to argue to Starfleet that Data is not property. You know, he's not um, now Data is zero percent human. But the fact of the matter is he doesn't want want to die. And and the crew accept him as a member, as a, as a friend, and as a fellow member of a, a crew member of the ship. And he doesn't want to die. So it's, you know, by that by that um principle alone, he's he's not equipment. He ha- he is allowed all of the, the same rights yeah. as a living being, right? Yeah. So my the question I was going to ask is like okay let's say you're genetically you're born a woman and you're not I can't believe we're talking about this subject again um, <laughs> you you're not satisfied with that or some you know like you, being in that body it, it makes you physically sick and I, I've heard that happens to people where it's like they um, there's like a a syndrome that develops where you're so uncomfortable in your own body that it manifests as like physical harm medically it's possible for you to make a transition and you your identity is formed on on being this person that um that you're more comfortable with right so are you at that point are you are you a male or a female and the answer is uh it's up to the individual right yeah that's what that's what you said uh last time we talked about this and and so it's like if you're if you're born human and there's you have a horrible accident and you have to have everything in your body replaced and your consciousness gets downloaded onto a flash drive are you still human and maybe the answer is it's up to that that person decides whether they're still human or not yeah so so i don't know i i don't know i you know it's uh I, I personally for the longest time i thought being called a human was like one of the worst insults <laughs> it's like like the word human is like it's like the n-word for the entire species because because yeah. we're so humans are so feeble and weak and we should all strive to surpass what what we're born as like just because you're born is one thing that's not that doesn't determine who you should wind up right yeah but this is getting way metaphysical and pretentious and shit and we're here to talk about fucking batman punching people in the face and Superman being brought back from the dead, and we're getting way off topic. Yes, we are. I think I, I took up all the time with my metaphysical rant, uh, <laughs> but I had a good time. <laughs> yeah, I had a good uh, time. Clo- closing statements. I mean, I have hope for the DC franchise. I did want to say I think it's funny, and uh, this is uh, might spark a separate conversation. I did want to say that I think it's funny that anybody that has superpowers in DC 
are way over fucking powered. And anybody that doesn't have powers are just, just don't have powers. <laughs> I think it's mm. how, how they have, the way they have powers are like really black and white. It's either you do have powers and you're really fucking strong or you just don't have powers. See, uh, yeah, I used to, um, to have a, a big problem with that. Um, because yeah, the, the, a lot of the heroes are, they had to be scaled up like Batman originally was just like this vigilante dude. He was, he was well-trained in martial arts. He was, he was uh, the world's greatest detective because he trained in all these separate disciplines and he worked really hard. Right. But in order to stay relevant with the rest of the justice league, they had to give him a photographic memory. And he's actually, he's not just a martial artist. He's the best martial artist that ever lived. (laughs) And he's not just, He's not just a, a great detective, he's also a polymath genius with an IQ of 180, and and he's an inventor and a, and a scientist and a military strategist, and he's all these things, you know, because they had to they had to have him compete with, with Superman, or to stay relevant amongst people who were like, I think Shazam is like, his powers come from an actual yeah. god, right? And then you have, uh, you know, characters like Dr. Fate shows up and he's like the world's strongest magician. And, and there's literal demons and, you know, Satan's a character, and you know. So you, you have all these super powerful. And I didn't know that, like the Lucifer show, I didn't know that, that that's actually from the yeah, DC universe. I, Did you know I that? I didn't at first. I do now. And I have for a little yeah, while. Yeah, that, that, that was nuts. It was nuts. I can't wait for that show to come back. I yeah, love that show. Yeah, so the characters had to keep being um, power leveled because of uh, because of Superman, mm-hmm. right? Like, how how are you going to be a member of the Justice League and you're just Batman? It's like, no, 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 you don't you don't understand. <laughs> he he also has six satellites and and he's uh, you know, but whatever. Uh, the Flash, he's he's the fastest man alive. He can run faster than he can run so fast that he can change the timeline, and he's done it multiple times. And uh, Cyborg, he's not just, you know, half man, half machine. He's not just dealing with that. He can also tap into every single Wi-Fi signal on the planet at once. And he can, you know, it's it's like, yeah, way overpowered. Wonder Woman, well, she's she's the daughter of Ares or something. She's female Superman. She's, half, she's female Superman, right? Who else? Green Lantern? Oh, man. Don't even get me <laughs> yeah. started. The things that he can do with that lantern, it's like he's limited only by his imagination. Basically. You know, that's... Yeah, pretty much, and that's the thing is that that Green Lanterns have to learn is that is that they actually have unlimited power as long as they can dream it. Make your dreams come true. Aquaman just his literally his only power used to be talking to fish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and swim real fast. That was it. No, he couldn't even do that. He could swim above average at an Olympic level. Okay, like he he was Michael Phelps who could yeah. talk to Nemo. That was Michael that was Phelps Aquaman. Talk to Nemo. but modern day aquaman in order to to be comparable to superman well he can swim underwater at near supersonic speeds and and then they they brought magic Mm -hmm. into it and you know i mean if we want to go beyond justice league we can tap into Watchmen because isn't that dc it is it it's but it's a separate universe it's a separate universe but but it got brought it actually got brought into they um they combined i think the flash did some more sketchy mm-hmm. shit and he um and the the universes got merged yeah um so dr man superman fought dr manhattan and um Fuck i don't know who won dr manhattan can't just dr manhattan right. alter his genetics to make him human there 
finished? I don't think he could. Have you seen have you seen the I just finished the Watchmen series. Have you seen it? Best show HBO it has is ever done in my Really opinion. good. He is literally a god. He went to Jupiter's moon and created life yep. like a god. And I feel like that's my when you're able to do that and create humans from scratch, yeah. that's literally the definition of a god. If you can do that, then you're a god. All right. Yeah. Well, no, he's not just a god, though. He's a man-made yeah. god or a self a self-made god uh, yeah. in a way. And it's like, well, here's how I feel about it. Right. The, the, what what distinguishes someone as a god is is. Uh, wait, hold on. This happened actually. I think it might have been Ozymandias, or it was. See, this um, is what I, I I knew saying shit like that was going to start a whole separate conversation. But keep going. Yep. Why'd you do it? Why'd you? <laughs> it do, needed why'd to you be have said. to do this. I forget if it was uh, Ozymandias or if it was. Um, damn it! I just noticed that Jeremy Irons he played Ozymandias and he's also Alfred. Yep. Uh, yep. Shit. So how how are they going to reconcile nah. that? They're not going to merge those universes but that'd be crazy like it, jeremy irons meets himself like oh hello <laughs> yeah dr manhattan you know he created life on this planet and then he like his his one command to the the life that he created that he created adam and eve and he was like don't worship me yep like that's the only thing that i want you to do is is like do not think of me as a god even though they were and they were like they they wanted a god. They're like, oh my god, you gave us life, you know. And um, and I forget if that was if that was Doctor Manhattan or if that was another story I saw, but um, but that did happen somewhere. But um, I mean, that kind of happened in on the show. Did it? Yeah, like he went to Jupiter's moon, created two people, and basically is that what happened on the show? It's been a, like a year or something since I've seen. Yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, like he went to Jupiter's moon, created a pocket of life on the on the moon, right? And then created yeah. um, his his quote unquote Adam and Eve, um, and yep. basically told them to. He didn't say it directly, but it was like it was implied that he didn't want to uh, um, have him worshipped. Oh know? right, like he he stayed yeah, there for yeah. a little while. Yeah. He said something like, "Think for yourselves" mm-hmm. or something. I have one. I have one rule, and you know. Think for yeah. yourself, or something. I remember. I remember that. That was on or the show. I forgot all about like that. that. I gotta yeah. gotta watch it again because it's that damn good. My favorite scene. One of my favorite scenes because the, the mirror mm-hmm. mask guy. What's his name? I think his name is just like. Uh, the no, it's um, Looking Glass. Looking Glass. That's right. Such a good character. Yeah, I like him. Love that character. And then you know when he's uh when he's at the uh the fair and he's trying he's doing his his uh, mm-hmm. Mormon thing. And then the the whole fair gets taken out in the in the blast wave of the, the octopus, and he comes out. And he's like, "What happened? <laughs> yeah, what happened? <laughs> yeah." Such a good delivery, but the character itself, you know, is like, "Damn, he was just such an intelligent character." Because you don't you don't see that often where a character talks like this. You know, he's normally like a complete idiot, but this dude was highly educated. Yes, fantastic vocabulary, and like mm-hmm. he. Knew he was the smartest person in the room at all time, and people relied yeah, on him. It. I loved it. <laughs> Fantastic. God, I love that show. Like, just completely, it subverted expectations the way you're supposed to. Yeah. In, a, in, in the best possible way. Yeah. But anyway. We're looking at you, the boys. <laughs> what? 
I said, we're looking at you, the boys. <laughs> Ooh, don't mention that show in my presence. <laughs> All right, yeah. Well, so we gotta, we gotta, we gotta wrap it up. But I just wanted to say there are vast differences between non-superpowered people and superpowered people in the DC universe. There's a narrative reason for all the heroes in the Justice League being so OP. And it's something that I think is unique to DC Comics. And I think this the Snyder Cut of the Justice League, for the first time ever, I think it finally got all the, all the heroes right. And it knows what these heroes are about. And I've never seen that before from, from a DC movie. And, and I was really excited about that. So, so for me personally, Zack Snyder's Justice League... This was by far my favorite piece of comic book adaptation that I've seen in recent memory. Yeah.